the more you can think ahead, the higher level your business goes. Otherwise, you get lost in the day-to-day -day operations and the big opportunities to produce big business of one of your businesses sneak past you. There's so much knowledge out there that you can get a lot of great information in this and you can move this concept of strategic planning and strategic thinking forward. When you do that, that changes the game for you. Live your summer on a piece of paper. This is what I want. How do I get what I want out of this process? And that's how I've done it for years now. Stop, pause, and just say, hey, where am I headed? What am I doing? And let's look at that end game and go, okay, how do I get to that point? Live it on a piece of paper, then live it in real life. I hope you're ready for another great episode with the brilliant leader of Cutco Vector's Lone Star Division, Stacy Campbell. Stacy's team accomplished the rare feat of a double silver cup in both the total sales and top eight categories for divisions in vector marketing in 2021. He's a longtime member of the company's Hall of Fame with now over $100 million in career sales. Stacy is known as a master planner at the executive level. His insights can help you to elevate your game when it comes to goal setting and execution so that you become capable of making strategic plans then living out those plans in real life. I'm grateful to welcome back to the podcast, Cutco Vector's number one division manager, Stacy Campbell. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I am with Stacy Campbell today. You might remember Stacy from his previous episode with us, which was episode number 115. He is back for more. Stacy is a veteran with the Cutco Vector business dating back to 1992. He is the Lone Star Division Manager headquartered near Austin, Texas, been responsible for over $100 million in Cutco sales. And Stacy's division just pulled off the double silver cup in the year 2021, winning both of the division manager categories, number one in the company. Stacy, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Well, thank you for making some time. We're going to talk about executive level strategic planning today. And you have become well known throughout the company as an expert in this area. Tell me, Stacy, where did this all begin for you? Like, how did you get good at this? I could probably attribute this to a lot of different people, but when I look back at my life and kind of 
go through, you know, where did I learn to, to I'm going to use the word to think, where did I learn to think the right way? What's crazy, Dan, is as I got older in life and I learned to really keep notes and pay attention to things. And, and, you know, my grandpa, I remember my grandpa, he was in farming and he used to keep this little notepad of every single temperature, every single day and when it rained and all this stuff. And I was a little kid watching him do this, but he would do it like every single day from the time literally that I remember till the time that he uh, stopped his farming business was doing this. And, you know, I remember as I got more mature in the vector business and got in the DVM world, that reminded me that I need to do that. Like I need to be more attentive to what's happening, like, and, and, and not just kind of run with things. So, you know, that was a place that impacted me in my life. You know, my first division manager, um, Kevin Gardner, he was a master of the calendar and planning. And you had these big calendars he would pull out. And we would go through the whole campaign you know, week by week. So that was instrumental. And then, you know, I was very fortunate when I came to DVM, Dan, that I had Lloyd Reagan as my region manager and Earl Kelly as my RSD. Like, so I had these two people who obviously Lloyd is you know, great at what he does at every level of Earl. I don't know if I've ever worked with a person or been with a person who's maybe as strategic for me anyway, as what Earl was that putting things in a very in-depth perspective. So not just here's a calendar, but what do you do with the things in that calendar? Like, what are your objectives? What are you trying to accomplish? So thinking about that, the right way. And, and, and also Adam Stock was really instrumental in that as well. So it was like a maturity and a growth thing of, hey, are you doing these things? Are you planning? Are you organizing things? What happened last year from these people moving things along? So it was a growth process. But, but my opinion is what's great is now in Vector, there's so much knowledge out there whether you're in vector long-term or short-term or, or whatever, you know, in, in, in that respect, that you can get a lot of great information in this and you can move this concept of strategic planning and strategic thinking forward. You know, so just learning how to think really was a big deal. Interestingly enough, you know, Dan, you, you actually said something in, at an SLC in 2016 about the longer, the more you can think ahead, the higher level your business goes. And I remember you referencing something of this type that, that it was, hey, if you work at McDonald's and you're just the worker there, then you're going to think about that week's schedule. Give me my schedule and I'm going to show up to work. But if I'm the shift manager, I've got to think about two or three or four weeks ahead. If I'm the store manager, like if I'm the GM of that place, I got to think months ahead, like what's happening, what machines need fixed, what needs happening. And then if you go higher to you know, like a region person, they're not even thinking about the store on a daily basis at all. They're thinking about, hey, what's happening to grow the business? And then there's a corporate place there that doesn't really think about weeks or months. They're thinking about years in that respect. I, I remember that. And, and I remember going, I need to get good at thinking ahead and being more strategic, not in what's happening today. Any business, I believe this, in the vector business specifically, it's easy to get caught up. And I got to run interviews, I got to get training, I get a CPO today. How many demos do I have? All this stuff, which is important. And you should be doing those things regardless what level you're at. But thinking ahead and stopping and pausing every once in a while to go, wait, what's got to happen next? What's got to happen next? Because otherwise, you get lost in the day-to-day operations. And the big opportunities to produce big business of whatever your business is, 
sneak past you because you didn't, you didn't have a chance to go, oh, wait, that's coming up there and I need to go grab that thing. So, so it's a, it was a learning process, but I think there's so much out there. So I, I can I, you say that it wasn't like I got good at it overnight, but I think in today's one, you can get good pretty quick at it because of the, the concepts and the things that are out there and the ability to share because of the current world, being able to share things at a higher, faster level is big as well. And I'm sure there's you know, probably 40 other executives in this Cutco Vector business who could give you similar advice, if not even better advice than some of those things. But that's kind of how I got to the point. It was, it was growth, it was movement, it was learning how to think and then going, okay, I got to stop and pause and think every once in a while and get myself to that level of thinking a year out, two years out, thinking that way. When you do that, that changes the game for you. Yeah, that was awesome. So much great value already, Stacey. I want to jump in on a few things you said right there. First being the, the sort of the timelines for leaders, right? It's like the more responsibility you have, the farther out you need to learn to think. And then flipping that around, the farther out you learn to think, the more responsibility you become capable of handling. And so it is important to be able to think beyond just today and this week and this month, which is what most new reps and even many managers in Vector probably have that sort of a timeline and be able to think about the campaign, the year, a three-year time horizon, and even longer in some cases. I've heard there are executives in Japan that have 100-year plans, and that's how far out they think about the future, right? And so that time horizon concept was key. You referenced learning how to think, and I think it's important for anybody listening to ask why a lot of times when you're working with somebody who is guiding you and mentoring you. Maybe not in the heat of the moment. I used to tell my staff in my office, like, especially when we're in the summer, it's like being in a battlefield. And, you know, if I ask you to do something, I need you just to do it. Right. But then when we get to our weekly staff meeting or we get to, you know, the end of the day and we're just relaxing at the end of the day and unwinding before we leave or something, and we're having a conversation. That's the time to say, hey, tell me why we did this this way. Right. Why did you do this this way? Right. After an event, I noticed you did this. Tell me why you did that. Right. So you begin to understand what are the things that others have proven in their mind work for them that you can apply for yourself if you want. So asking why you talked about paying attention, right? And taking notes. Like this is such a simple concept, Stacey, and yet it escapes most people just paying attention and being detail oriented when you observe how someone operates or how a business operates, or when you observe your own results, right? What actions correlate with what uh, end results in your business and in your life. And I take notes in my calendar. I still have a paper calendar to this day, all right, which I just, whatever, I prefer to use a paper calendar. Of course, I use, you know, the iCal and stuff like that too for calendar invites and such. But I, I keep a paper calendar. And it, just yesterday, I was writing stuff in the notes for February of 2023 and March of 2023, because they were things I thought about recently about the last couple months. And I wrote them in my notes. And I look, I'll look at that when I get to next year and it'll remind me, oh yeah, that's something that we missed last year that I want to make sure we implement this year. So taking notes, paying attention, like those were great points as well. Otherwise, as you said, you get a lot of little things done right in the short term, but the words you used were the big opportunities sneak past you. And that was a great way of putting it. 
and just some awesome stuff for people to chew on so far. And by the way, that calendar point you just made is powerful. <laughs> so you've heard this expression, those of us in, in maybe this business or even other businesses, it works so good we stopped using it. We've heard that expression before. Well, how do we make sure we don't stop using it? When something works, I immediately go, let's get that calendar. Go put that in the calendar for one year from now. So if something worked, and I don't put it in for one year from now, I put it about two months before whatever we're supposed to do. So I remind myself in two months to, or two months before to go, oh yeah, I got to do that thing for that thing or else I'm not going to get the same result. So when you see something go well in your business, that's the time to pause and go, hey, let's go and put this forward because I need this to continue to work and continue to drive me forward. And the same thing with things go not so good. Maybe put a note going, we need to adjust at this point next year to get to this other point. And that's the, that's the thinking part. And that calendar point is so good. Like, like you brought up because that's it. Like just think ahead, but not think ahead. Like what we usually, Oh, I need to plan ahead. No, 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 no. Think ahead. Like put it out there. I don't know when it's going in my calendar for March of 2023. I just know it's there because I need to do that in March of 2023. Yeah, exactly. So we've talked about uh, extended time horizons, learning to think, asking why, notes in the calendar. I'm sure there are a lot of other elements of a strategic plan for an executive leader uh, that you'd want to share. What else comes to your mind as key elements of a strategic plan? Yeah, so this is a great question that what are the key elements? And, and even when asked that question, it's almost like you you have to pause and go, what are the key? Like, what am I doing actually to make a key element, you know, to, to make something that's there? And when I think about this, it's, it's, it kind of comes out in this regard. Like it comes out going, okay. So first of all, you know, having goals to me that are real, not hopes. I think there's so many times that people make goals and then their actions don't even match up with that. And so when they start to make a plan, the plan doesn't even make sense with their goals. So they stop doing the plan because it doesn't match up with the goal. And they're like, well, I'm not accomplishing what I wanted to. So I just get frustrated and I just don't do it. Or I do a version of it when it's like the goal sometimes is there, you know, and, and I'm always like at, at, you know, at the level I'm at, you know, I just kind of reference, I reference this when people ask this question. Sometimes it's like, you know, in 2021, our goal is to do 8.85 million from people from the Lone Star Division, some of which other divisions, but we did 8.82. You know, in 2020, our goal is to do 6.96, and we did 6.7. You know, in 2019, the goal with South Texas and Lone Star combined, because when that's when we split apart, but I was still helping out with that, was to do 8.58, and we did 8.65. So we've always been right there, because what do I do? The first step to me is take whatever you want to accomplish, take your goals, and if you said, hey, my goal is X, then break it down for me. You know, so at the division manager level, I go, great. So how much is each office going to do? And not just is how much each office going to do, but how much is their current team going to do this year? How much is their FSM group going to do? How much is their CSP group going to do? Every new office gets the same thing. And they're harder to predict a lot of times because they're, you know, there's outside influences that happen and things of that type. Pandemics happen, work in shorter happen. But we know our business well enough. And I, you know, I do it individually by every single office. You know, I have a spreadsheet because why? Because I don't want just a random goal, but and I'll come back to this here in a second as to why. And then each 
each I take those totals and they're broken down each office by campaign. And then I take each campaign, I go, okay, well, that's the division number we need to hit. Now, how does that work per week? So it's I take the time to go, hey, let's look at this. And I I go, the tip for you people would be this: don't let the highs make you too high or the lows make you too low when you're breaking this stuff down. Because what happens is when you break this down in a category, it starts with, okay, I now have an in the game, which is the second big thing I would say is have a quality goal and then have an in game. Like what is the end? Okay. So if the end is I'm a, I'm a branch manager and I want to do a hundred thousand dollars. Great. Then ask yourself, how does it take to do all these things? But what does the end game look like? Not, not the goal. I don't care about CPO. Tell me what it looks like. Tell me what a hundred thousand dollar office. Tell me what your $500,000 office. Tell me what that $8 million division looks like on December 28th. Show me what it looks like. Like what is, how many offices do you have? How many things do you have? Show me what that looks like. And when you have it broken down like this, I can kind of go, well, I'm going to have to have X number of branch managers. I'm going to have to have X number of district managers sell X amount. I'm going to have to, these people do this. And then I can start going to the third step, which for me would be to go, okay, now let's go backwards in the calendar. And what needs to happen? Like what needs to happen for that end game to happen? Not the CPO dollar amount, because the CPO dollar amount will happen if I take care of the actions that help those people do it. So once I have a real goal, it's kind of the the first key element, I then can go, what would that look like at the end? Whatever the end is, you know, in that respect, that's a campaign, whether that's a year, whether that's a two or three year window, Dan, for that matter. Like it's, it's, hey, what is that end game? And then coming back and going, okay, so I know I need this many branch managers. Well, how, what do I need to do in November then? How many do I need? What do I need in September? What do I need? And I just literally trace it backwards. And then I'll go into my calendar, which is that kind of that third step. And I'll go in there and I'll put it into the calendar. This has to happen this month. 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 And I've benefited, obviously, over the years by doing this, by, again, what we just talked about, putting it in the calendar ahead of time. And so that way we always make sure, okay, well, this is how we got that in 2016. So now let's make sure that happens in 2017, 2018, 2019. And then the other big key element is this, Dan. You have to stop and review that calendar, that goal, and those objectives every two to three weeks at a very minimum. Like you really can't set an objective, put these things in your calendar, and then never stop every five to 10 days and go, wait, 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 wait. Am I doing the stuff that I'm supposed to be doing to get me in the game? that I want, that in game that I want. Because again, I don't I don't stare at goals every week and, and go, are we on track? Are we not on track? I'll do that stuff. But what I do go is, hey, this is where we're at. Hey, this is what we were supposed to be doing. Are we doing the activities? And what's crazy is when we keep doing the right activities, we get the right amount. You know, I think you're one of the masters of this from the early push period days, activity, not accomplishment. Don't worry about what you're getting. Just do the right actions and the accomplishments will follow. And that's really what I do. And then in that review every week, two, three weeks, whatever it might be, then you have to adapt and adjust because things don't always go our way. You know what I mean? Obviously, two years ago, we had a pandemic and last year recruiting was off a little bit. And so you got to, you kind of got to go, hey, what do we got to move? But as I always tell people, you don't move your actions and you don't move 
Yeah, and you might move your actions from time to time, but you don't move what you wanted to get accomplished. And you don't end the end game. Like, because I just always go, what is what is it that we're supposed to be doing in 2022? That's my actions is to that. And if, if we hit the number, great. If we don't hit the number, then we'll adapt and adjust. But we will usually come close to that number when we do the right thing. So it's really, one, have a goal that, that's real to you. Two, take that goal and go, what is the end game? Like, what does it look like to have that number? If you're in our business, branches, districts, CSP business, CGC business, event team business, whatever that is, that you break it down, this is what I need to have happen at the end game. And I don't mean a number. I mean, people, organization, things of that type. The third one is taking, going backwards in your calendar to where you are today to make that action happen. And the fourth thing is constantly reviewing it. That's kind of what, when I'm asked that question, and I go, that's, that's kind of what I do. And it's worked out pretty well. And there's more things you can sure you could do and put in the mix. But that's really the key elements and the objectives that I try to do on a continuous basis. Those were great. Stacy, just starting with the idea of having goals that are real, right? I feel like so many people just pull a number out that sounds good, but they don't really think through why are they choosing this goal, right? Why is this goal important to them? That's totally the, the truth. I mean, so many people have a goal and, or they have a year, they have a number at the end of the year, and then they go, we're going to grow by 20%. And it's like, well, how are you growing by 20% though? Like what, what's happening to grow you by 20%? And they don't ever think about, oh, I have to change 20% of my actions, you know, or, or I have to grow by 20% or my team has, like, they just kind of throw numbers out and, and you can't do that. You have to look and go, where am I at? What's happening? And now let's move forward. Yeah. As it applies to growth, Stacey, I'll, I'll also throw this in, but I think that managers in our business uh, expect in just, they're going to do more in a given year because it's the next year. And like, well, that's just what happens, right? Is you just, you grow, right? From year to next. No, every January 1st, we all start again at zero, right? And to get to a higher number than you produced the previous year takes all the energy and all the execution that you brought to create that result the previous year and then some to be able to grow, right? You have to have strategies for growth and you have to duplicate all the things you did right the previous year. So growing every year is hard for sure. You talked about, so goals that are real, right? The end game, breaking down the goal was something that you mentioned. And I have always taught people to break down your goals in more than one way. So for example, as a office manager running a team in Vector, right? You can think about your goals. You can think of it, let's say you're, you're focusing on your recruiting goals, right? You want to recruit 150 people this summer, Right. Well, you could think about that week by week, right? How many May week one, May week two, May week three, and so on. You could also think about that source by source, right? How many recruits will I get from this source? How many will I get from mailers? How many will I get from PRs? How many will I get from each different source that will contribute? And that's two ways to break down a goal. And when those two ways dovetail, right? Then you have a better understanding of how the goal will be achieved. As a division manager, we might think about each month of the year and what we want to produce, or a really great division manager probably thinks about every week of the year and what we want to produce. But then you also think about it broken down by your, your categories. Each manager, right, that you have 
And then probably like your key CSPs count as a category of themselves, right? And you you add that all up. How much will each manager produce? How much will each top person produce? You reference like events team sales and CGC sales and all that. Like there are multiple ways that you can break down goals and you should break down goals in at least two ways if possible, and then see how those dovetail. And when those come together, then you have a clear understanding of how that goal will be achieved. I think that's a really important part of breaking down the goals. You also, Stacey, talked about working backwards in your calendar, right? To think about what do I have to do at each step along the way? And then having a system in place where goals are reviewed often. So as a manager running an office, I used to create a sheet every campaign with our weekly targets for both recruiting and for sales, uh, recruiting new business and total business. And I would pass that out at every, there was a column that said actual, and I would fill that column in whenever the tabs came out on Fridays, and I would pass it out at every key staff meeting. So I didn't pass it out to the, the team at large, but I did pass it out to my key staff. So they would see when we were on track or off track. And believe me, it hurt to pass it out when we were like way off track. But that didn't happen that often. We normally tracked well because we were focused on it regularly, as you said. When you focus on the long-term numbers, sometimes it can be a little bit daunting. When you break it down, though, and you just drive each week, then you're more likely to hit that long-term number. I can remember Stacy Zig Ziglar sharing in some of his tapes that I used to listen to way back in the day when he wrote the book, See You at the Top, which is his famous book that he wrote, it's whatever, it's 200 and some pages. And as he wrote the book, he also simultaneously had a goal of losing, it was like 30 pounds or something. And he knew that he had to write X pages a day. He had to write like 15 pages a week. And he had to lose like a pound and a half a week or something along those lines. He was writing the book over the course of roughly a year. And he had these goals broken down, right, into really bite-sized pieces. If you think about like losing a pound a week or two pounds a week, like anybody could probably wrap their mind around that right now for this week, right? Well, if you can do it for this week and then you can do it for next week and you can do it for the following week over the course of a year, right, somebody could drop 30 pounds. And that's the same way that he wrote this 200 and something or 300 page book during that time was just understanding the little bite-sized pieces and then following through, keeping on track as the year went along. Yeah, I think reviewing you know, is such a big deal, but, but not just to review numbers, but when you work backwards and you put those actions in your calendar, it's, am I doing the actions? Because the numbers will match up a lot of times with the actions. And sometimes we'll do the actions and not do the numbers. And that frustrates us. But it's not about that. It's just about, hey, this is the action that I was supposed to do. And being flexible with that action to go, hey, we tried, we did this. This didn't happen. We have to do it again this week. And then taking even your actions to a what's the purpose of the action concept. So again, use your example. I want to get 150 recruits. Okay, how does that look? By source, let's say this, I need to get you know, 75 personal recruits. It's great. Well, well, how does that... So on my 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 blitz days or your fire days or whatever you call it, what, what do I have to do in those actions? Yeah. So I have these actions. What do I have to do within those? How many do I need to set? 
How many people are going to help me? What? And then you got to go back one step further in your calendar then and go, okay, so if some Monday afternoon I need to set 50 PRs for an interview, you got to go one step further back in the world to go, well, the week, probably the Thursday before or the Monday before, I need to make sure my whole staff knows that needs to be happening. So you kind of got to get yourself better. It, it, for me, it was, I had to get myself better at not just writing them into a calendar and going, okay, that's the day I need to sign five. That's the day I need to sell $1,500. But to go one week back or two weeks back and go, what needs to happen for those actions to occur the right way? And that's when you'll start to see real movement of your objectives and things is when you're, you have your actions, but you go, wait, it's not just action. I need to go back further and make sure that I'm reviewing the things to continue to make myself better in the future. Yeah. It sounds like there should be time in the calendar that is just devoted to thinking and planning, right? I know like at a very base level, every Friday before I shut it down, I review my entire following week and I make sure I have my to-do list in place. What am I going to do every day? That way something doesn't sneak up on me, right? I make sure that I get stuff done in a timely manner. And that's a base level planning a week, right? Do you have time like that in your calendar as well? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is obviously something that is it varies by the individual. The time of year, obviously, being with our business, you know, moves me a little bit on some of these things. But but the first thing I usually do is is when I wake up, first thing I do is I stop and I go, okay, what, what's what's happening the next two to three days? What needs to happen the next two to three days? And and believe it or not, I take probably half an hour every single day just looking at the schedule and adjusting that, moving, scooting this around. And, you know, somebody one time looked at my schedule and they were like, you actually put showering in your schedule? Like, and I was like, yeah, like, this is right there. Like, it's a reoccurring event too. You know, so it's like, <laughs> like, but it's like, you know, there's things in there where I have, you know, like prayer journal time and it's in there every single day, but it'll move. Like, but, but that's what I do every single day. Obviously on a weekly basis, you should at least have, uh, I think it's about, for most of us, seven days, maybe 10 days you can look at it, but every 10 days you pause for like, an hour or so and make sure that everything's in the calendar properly, even in the busiest times of year. And then obviously as you move up the ladder, you're, you're, you're planning meetings and things of that type. You probably need at least, you know, a, a, another couple hour window where you're looking ahead 30 days, 60 days, 90 days going, okay, do we have everything in place? You know, this week, you know, looking and going, okay, let's see, we, we got, this event in May, this event in June, what needs to be happening with these events right now and, and making sure that everything's in place. Maybe it's logistics even, you know, things of that type, just simple logistics need to be in place, but also stopping and going, okay, we, we have that SD1 push period coming up. So we need to make sure that we got the PCs in, we got to make sure this is in, we got to make sure that's, you know, stuff, even simple stuff like that. So absolutely, time in the calendar, if you don't have time in your calendar, stop and look at your schedule. But more important than looking at the schedule, again, you can you can throw all kinds of stuff in your schedule. Like you can you can make a schedule that looks really awesome. You gotta follow it. And more importantly than following it, you gotta make sure that that what your objective is of that action is happening on a week-to-week basis and a day-to-day basis. Yeah. That's great. Stacey, let's talk about uh, your division. Let's talk about Lone Star and like what are some of the specific things that you're thinking about as you plan for the vision and future of your division? Well, obviously, as, as the division has grown, there's layers upon layers that exist. You know, as a matter of fact, just on a call yesterday, I was talking about that concept of, of uh, 
you know, when our business has ups in certain areas and downs in other areas and ups in other areas and downs in other areas. And we've, we've seen this just in the last couple of years. Like we've, we've seen a microcosm of it in a fast fashion, you know, like a 20, 24 month window. When those things happen, that the more layers you build within your business, the better, just like we would tell a rep to do. If they were a CSP, we'd tell them, hey, build layers of the business. So for, for me personally, you know, it's in, in the Lone Star Division, you know, and, and these aren't in any specific order, but it's the event team. Like we want to, we have the event team and it's like, hey, we need that particular organization to continue to grow and continue to really move forward. So, so what are the things within that organization that we're doing? Um, we have some great coordinator, Dante Reynolds, but it's like, hey, what, what does Dante need with him? What are the levels that we need to grow in? And, and how we organize that. There's the CSP growth, um, which some people might go, isn't that part of the event team? Not really, because the CSPs are a different organization in themselves to me, where they have layers of their layers, which is business gifts, the CGC world, the industry program, things of that type. So that's the focus of mine anyway, is like, okay, we have our event team, we have our CSP team. Obviously, our continued branch growth, we've had good branch success the last couple of years, but there's always that challenge of what's the next level. Um, so that's an area where I am pretty continuously looking forward and going, what's the next layer of branch growth? How do we expand this? How do we make the branches even better in the process that they're in? So at this point, we seem to be filling up our territories pretty good. So the next layer in my world is okay, how do we get them to a higher average number, okay, which which we might be good, but there's always an opportunity for something a little better. So how does our training need to improve? How does our develop, and I say training, I'm talking about training both locally at their local organization, as well as the management training that I may run as the division manager. And then obviously the district manager growth. One of the focuses that I look at is, hey, who, who can be the next two or three DVM promotions? You know, coming out of the coming out of the division. So having a plan for me in each one of those areas to go, hey, what's the event team? What's the CSP team, branch team, district team? What do each one of those areas need? So those are kind of my four areas. And like I said, there's there's some layers underneath each area, obviously, but but the uh, but those are the four big areas that I look at is okay, if I can have those four areas of our business growing then we should be able to continue to sustain what we're doing, irregardless of what happens economically uh, across the world. It doesn't really matter. We, we have that control over all those areas. And as long as I have all those layers in place, everything will move. Some may be up, some may be down, but our business as a whole will continue to progress with that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. How do you help your district managers with making their, their plans? Well, interestingly, uh, you you brought up something a minute ago, and, and let me let me revert backwards here for a second. But I'm a, I'm a pretty big believer in the the situational leadership model, the model that you know is D one, D two, D three, D four levels, where when somebody's at the a beginner at something, they have high enthusiasm and low knowledge concept, so they're in that D one level, so they need a lot of direction. Okay, and they don't need a lot of encouragement just because they're ready to go get it. And then as they progress into D two, which is usually where people stall out, they need you know, they need encouragement and still direction. 
you know, to get them over to D3, which then in D3, they need, you know, more just understanding and less direction because they figured things out. And then obviously eventually into D4. I'm a big believer in that model. You know, it's something that we teach our branch managers for their own benefit, by the way, like just so they know it for themselves. We obviously, you know, when people go through any of our management training, they're going to get that. But that's kind of when I look at district managers and planning their strategic plans, it really is based on that model. So you mentioned, Dan, the concept of when you, you said, just, it's like, or just trust me, just do this and you can ask why later, you know, kind of concept. So when I have new district managers, it, that's kind of what it is. It's like, hey, here's your plan. Here's what you're doing. Here's what we're going to talk about for the next two or three months. Do these things. It's highly directive, highly action-based. Attend all the staff meetings, get on the calls, be on the region events, do these things and just do, just do. It sounds funny if you're a district manager, new district manager listening to this. I don't want you to overthink because the thing is, is that you're learning how to think as a district manager. So it's like you, you don't know how to per, how to think at the same level as a veteran person or somebody who's been around two, three, four, five, eight, 10, 15 years. So what you have to realize is that's the way you should operate. So that's how I kind of operate with new district managers with their strategic plan. It's more of a, hey, let's sit down, Dan. Here's what you're going to be doing. Here's the objectives. Okay, this is your goal. Here's what you have to do. Is that, are you sure that's your goal? Okay, let's adjust your goal then. Let's keep working through that. People who pass that first year window, they've cleared their first summers, went through a fall and a spring. It's much more of a, a similar process, but with a little more autonomy. You know, to it a little more of, hey, what are you after this year? What are you trying to accomplish this year? And taking that then and kind of going backwards with them and starting the process of, hey, how does it look? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to do? Like that kind of a thing with more veteran people. And I think you have to understand that whatever business you're in, and even for district or branch managers listening to this, you have to be careful when you say, oh, a person's a veteran. Okay, there's veterans who become veterans after 12 months. And then sometimes veterans become veterans after three or four years. As you heard my first podcast, I don't think I was a veteran until year four or five. Like it took me a few years to become a veteran in this business. I still needed a lot more direction, like when I was new in my second and third year, than what some people need before that. But when a person becomes that veteran person, I let them sit down and kind of do show me your calendar, show me your objectives. Show me where what you're doing to get those objectives kind of thing. The Damien Scops of the world are good at, at this process. They know how to do this. Now, a lot of times these people might go, hey, help me with this. More than happy to help. But they kind of know what they really need is that, that third group when it comes to their strategic planning is to make sure their life is in order. You know, it's kind of more of a, I, I was like, to much, I'm much more focused on them as a person than them as a business, okay? Because our best people who understand the business, if they have a good life, they're going to have a good business because the fact that they're going to, they're simply, they get it. Like I, they, they know how to do this just as well as I know how to do it, but not if they're struggling personally, not if they're working a billion hours a week, not if they're doing this other stuff. So just make sure they have a good life. And by the way, I believe that at any level of our business, that it's the same thing. If I have a new rep, highly directive, you get a little better at the job, great. We'll let you get a little without me. Show me your schedule, but you still have these objectives. Oh, wow, you are now at this level with us, whatever that level is. I need to make sure you're happy. 
How do you make sure you're happy? And not happy with the factor, just happy as a person. Because if you're happy as a person, you know how to do the job. You know, so that's kind of how I do it strategically with district managers, even FSM CSP types, you know, those kind of people. You know, I was just I was talking to Josh Muller and Taylor Wadehofer at our at our company at our region trip we just came off of and and how they kind of almost taught me how to work that way with CSPs, like to to go, hey, a CSP doesn't need me to manage them. A CSP needs me to make sure their life's good, to make sure they're in place, make sure they're doing the right things. But they also need help. Like that's what Taylor taught me was, hey, I just I need you to support me and be here. Whereas Josh taught me, hey, you know what? These are things you can do to actually improve people at this level. Even though you may have never sold this amount, you can do these things. So that's how I strategically work with with the people. It really depends on where a person's at. But again, teaching them those same key elements that I told you before is, is the same thing all the time. Like, hey, start here. Let's go backwards and get to this point. Show me how you're going to get to that point. Yeah. Great stuff. The, the situational leadership model, this originated with Ken Blanchard. Anybody can look that up. We'll link to it in our show notes for this episode. But it really does apply to working with new reps. It applies to working with great. It really applies to working with managers as a division manager. And for anybody who's listening who may not even be in the vector business, like this really applies to the different people you have in your organization. And there's not a specific timeline, as you said, each person progresses at different rates, but everybody sort of starts out at what they call D1, which is low competence, high commitment, right? They're fired up, but they don't know what to do, right? And and there's a lot of direction that's given at that level. Uh, Inevitably, people progress to D2, which is where they have some competence, but their commitment wavers, right? They go through the initial challenges that people go through and commitment kind of wavers, right? And that requires a different level of leadership and guidance. People progress through that and they get to what we would call moderate competence, but they have variable commitment, right? The commitment kind of goes up and down. It's not, it's not solidified yet, but the competence is a little bit higher, right? And that needs a different level of guidance. And then ultimately, if you do the right work with your people, they progress to high competence and high commitment where they're fired up, they're excited, they're operating fairly autonomously, and they're very good at what they do. They don't need a whole lot of teaching. They don't need that much support. They still want your time. They still want your encouragement. They still want your love and your recognition. They still want you to be feeding them with things you're learning, right? That they can kind of chew on so that you're facilitating their growth. But it's a different level of management than with somebody who's new in the D1 stage. And then I, I would tell you this, I mean, one of the big reasons I teach it early in our management training is for their personal understanding of where they're at. Like, where am I at personally? Like, I need to know where I'm at personally, because that helps me even move myself one direction or the other. Um, and that's such a huge deal. And I would even take it, you know, for anybody listening, to a very personal level. It's a life thing, that, that concept that they had just walked through there. It's a very life-based thing, you know, to have some fun with it. I always relate it to, uh, you know, having children, having kids. It's like, all right, I'm ready, let's go. And then the kid comes, you're like, this is great. And I have no idea what to do this thing. It didn't come with destruction structure Like I, I'm lost. And then you get to a point where you're like, this is crazy. Like, I don't know what to do. They're a pain in the butt. They cry every night. They do whatever. Like you kind of enter a D2 phase of, 
I, I don't know what to do. And, and I don't like this you know, concept. And you say, well, I don't like my kids. It's like, no, no, no. It's just, we go through this phase as a parent. And then you enter, you leave that phase eventually because you learn, like you learn how to be a parent and you leave that phase. And what happens? Your enthusiasm goes up. You understand things better. And then pretty soon you're like, I know how to be a parent. And then they become a teenager and you start over again. Okay, and you go through the same process all over, going, I have no idea what to do. This. What are they doing? And then you go through that phase. And what happens? They become an adult and they leave the house. And you're like, now what do I do for them? You know, it's like, so it, it's one of those things where I go, it's a life thing. You know, you can relate it to relationships, you can relate it to so many things that we have to do. So one of the big reasons I think people need to know it is for the personal understanding of what you go through and to take it to people who will be running offices this summer, entering the summertime. You got to realize I, I I tell our managers this pretty consistently, and that is you start over in our business almost every summer. Like it's almost every summer we start over at D1. Like most of us are entering a time when we're excited, we're fired up, but we really don't know what's going to happen yet this summer. You know, because when we were in March of 2019, it was different than March of 2020, which was different than March of 2021. Like, so we're sitting here today. But we don't know eventually, but you know what? We're fired up, we're excited, we, we have plans, we have organization. But we're going to reach a point somewhere. Maybe it's for some of you, it's early May. Some of you, it might be June. Some of you, it might be late June, where you're going to go, I suck, I'm no good, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like You're going to reach that point where you kind of go, my enthusiasm is dwindled, and I think I have no idea what I'm doing. And you have to find a way to get to D3, which is action. Because the way you... The way action and learning is how you get out of two D2, that focus, that area where you feel, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm lost. I feel like I should give up and quit. And most people do quit at that D2 level and they just give up and they never experience the, the greatest things of their lives, whether that's relationships, whether that's jobs, whether that's this business, they don't get the D3 because they they don't keep fighting. You got to fight that off. And then when you reach the D3, somewhere in the summer, you'll reach that when you keep fighting. So you have to understand that's our that's not just our business, that's any business, but our business. It's good to have an understanding of this concept because that concept, all of us are about ready to enter or we already have entered for our summer opportunity here in this particular Vector Cutco business. Yeah, I think about 2021, Stacey, and I just think about how Many of our people probably got stuck in D2 as the summer of 2021 came out. And you you clearly have thought a lot about this whole concept and probably helped more of your people get into action and continue learning to get out of that, which is why your organization had a better year than most, you know, than everybody else did really last year. It's just, it's a great concept to think about when somebody's stuck in that D2 level, how can you help them move out of that more quickly? And obviously, this is a little off the strategic planning, but it is strategic planning for all of us to be strategic in our plans mentally, like to understand that and, and a little bit of blessing great people, people who trusted the process of what we did in 2021, but that we had 33 offices that opened up on, that were open at the beginning of the summer and 32 of them were still PDIing, PCing, operating their offices at the end of August. At SC2, anyway. Obviously, a lot of branches you know, start to move away in the middle of August. But I believe this is part of it to understand hey, you just gotta, sometimes you gotta fight. And your videos on mental toughness and emotional intelligence, like <laughs> those concepts are things that, that we try to fight for mental uh, toughness. You gotta, you gotta keep those because 
That's what happens in D2. That's when you need emotional intelligence and mental toughness is in that D2 state. When you want to give up and you want to back down, you go, but wait, I worked this hard to get to this point. You know, take it to school, the student not continuing school, dropping out of school, do whatever. When you have that, you go, no, no, I worked hard to get here. I know it's the right thing. I know this thing to do. I need to be intelligent. And then you have some toughness. I need to have some mental toughness to get through this process. Yeah, outstanding. Uh, Stacy. As we're recording this, it's uh, it's mid-April of 2022. People may be listening soon after release. Others might be listening many months down the road. But what advice would you have for any vector manager who's planning their summer or who's thinking about the year ahead? Stop and ask yourself, are your goals real? Or are they just hopes? That would be my first advice for you. If they're real, then can you look and see in your calendar the actions that are going to help you hit that goal at the end? detailed actions, not just, I have my interviews, my trainings, my team meetings, and my advanced trainings and my schedule. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how many people am I going to have at my SC1s? How many people am I going to have at my alliance meetings for my SC2s? Do you have a plan that actually matches up with that? I would uh, want to know that my goal has an end game, as we talked about. Like That's one thing that I would, I would think if I was sitting here today, I would be like, does my goal have an end game? If I'm starting the summer, it's April it's April. Do I have that in game in there? Do you have time to stop in your schedule and review those goals? You know, we've talked about these things, but I would ask you, if you're going to go into the summer, are those things there? Um, I, I would probably see another ed piece of advice I would have for you is, you know, Dan mentioned the calendar, like putting your actions that you want to reach these objectives, um, putting your goals in there. And, and you know, he mentioned having a spreadsheet that it was the, the goal and the actual. I still have those for the office. But I make them for offices. I do it for the division. I do it for like every time. Like there's one for the whole year, one for each campaign, there's one for those things. But have those things. But here's what I still do. Live your summer on a piece of paper or on your Google calendar or on your iCalendar. Like live through it and go, what's happening here? What's happening here? And again, I always start with the end in mind. And I always go backwards. And I don't know if that's a perfect science, but that's how I do it. Because I go, this is what I want. How do I get what I want out of this process? And that's how I've done it for years now. And I would say, live that summer on a piece of paper and then live it in real life. You know, that's the advice I would give you as a vector manager sitting here in April to go, all right, let me pause for a moment and ask myself, are these things there? And then some of you may not even have goals yet. You may not have an objective. You're just waiting for your managers to give them to you almost. Like, okay, my manager's going to tell me what I'm going to do. or I, I, do what I, I don't even know how to pick a goal. Because when you're a new manager, many times you don't know how to pick a goal, right? It's like, what is my goal? Um, those kind of things. Well, that's okay too if you don't have that. But to stop and go, okay, what am I willing to do this summer? What am I willing to do? So go to the end of your summer and go backwards and go, what are the things I'm willing to do? I have an SC2 here. How many people would I like to have my SC2? And then your manager can help you craft a goal that's related to your specific situation. Whereas like, I would like to have five people there who sell X number of dollars. Great. I'd like to have this many people on my SC1. I'd like to have this many things. And then say, great, let's work and work on that. Because sometimes if you're a new manager, you pick a goal based on what the person there before you did. <laughs> You know, it's like, and it doesn't always work out the exact same way, you know, so let's, let's be intelligent about it. So that's what my advice for you would be is stop, pause and just say, Hey, where am I headed? What am I doing? And let's look at that in game and go, okay, how do I get to that point? Live it on a piece of paper, then live it in real life. 
so insightful, Stacey. That was just really, really fantastic stuff for any manager to chew on right there. Uh, great, great stuff. Hey, I just want to give you a chance here as we wrap up for any last insights or anything else you feel like you'd want to share with the audience. If I can give you some, some basic things, one, keep notes, pay attention. You know, I said that at the beginning, but what goes right? What goes wrong? Don't just go through the motions. Don't have a calendar that you just follow. Okay. Like having a calendar is a big deal, but don't just have a calendar that you follow. Stop, put notes in it and go, Hey, this is what happened. That's what happened. Maybe it's a, a sheet like my grandpa had for you know 50 years where you had that little notepad that he wrote every single thing down in. Maybe that's it. But you kind of go, hey, where am I going to keep my information of what happens and what I need to do? That's That would be a piece of advice on this particular topic. And especially for the more veteran people who are here for the long time. I just want to remind you of something along this topic too. You aren't here for this summer. Okay, you're here, not just for this year. You want to plan to be here forever. Okay, like uh, Trick Boost said this, and it was a light bulb moment for me. You know, you're at the beginning of the summer, and all your plans are based around a summertime. And sometimes that summer doesn't go the way we want to. And then we go, well, that's horrible. I don't know what to do next. But when Trip Boost said, we're not here for the summer, we're here forever. And I was like, oh. So if I work hard this summer and things don't go for me, I can make it better in the fall, in the spring, and the next summer. Now you might go, well, I'm a branch manager, or I'm, I don't even work in this factor business. Like, how does that apply to me? You're still in life forever. Okay, you can still take this and go, what is my next space? What is my next thing? I'm a branch manager. Well, maybe I'm a second year branch manager. Maybe I'm going to go back and be a CSP. All of this applies. Our CSPs are some of the best in, in, in our business about the strategic planning stuff because they're traveling around the country. They're doing different things. They're some of the best. So I would just say, remember that you're not here just for this summer, just for this year. You're here forever. So take these things, continue to grow them and continue to get better at, at whatever your next step is because this is something that your relationships with your future spouses your ability to spend time with your kids, your ability to be around your family, the more strategic you can plan and the further you can think, it makes everything else simpler for you, you know, for, for years to come. Really powerful, Stacy. You are a true executive leader. The people that work with you in the Lone Star Division are so lucky to be able to have you as the person guiding them as their role model. And we're lucky in the company to have someone like you to help provide inspiration, information, leadership for our entire team, Stacy. So congratulations on your amazing success here in 2021 and uh, continued success to you and your team. And thanks so much for being part of the podcast once again. And well, obviously, you know that these podcasts, you know, are some of the best developers of our people too. Like, so so keep keep up the great work and anything we can do to support you. Obviously, we're uh, we're, we're here to do that and, and continue to grow the great business. Outstanding. Thanks, Stacey. Stacey Campbell, everyone. So much great stuff right there. I'll keep my summary pretty brief here. Extending the time horizons at which you are planning and thinking about the future. That was a great insight. Asking why. 
as you're learning, as you're growing, as you're developing in whatever business you are in so that you learn how to think about different things that apply to your business and your life, of course. Paying attention, keeping notes in your calendar so that you can look at those and review those as you plan future campaigns, future years, other goals that you set. Having goals that are real, right? And the more ways you can break down the goal and envision it, the more likely you are to have a goal that is real, that is achievable for you while still being challenging. And then, of course, reviewing those goals, reviewing your calendar often enough that you're receiving regular feedback. Are you on track or off track? Making adjustments so that you can move in the direction of those goals that you set. Stacy said, if you can live your summer on paper, then you can live it in real life, right? Living out your goals, living out your years, living out your visions first through the planning process gives you that chance to live it in real life. Stephen Covey put it this way. He said, all things are created twice. The physical creation follows the mental creation. Chew on that one. A few last resources. Stacy talked about a couple subjects that I have shared on this podcast. Mental toughness, that was episode 241. And emotional intelligence, that was episode 221. Check those out. If you want to hear more from Stacy, his full episode is number 115. He was also featured on Flashback Friday, which is just a short piece of his first episode with us. And that was episode 266. Check those out for more. Hope you enjoyed this. Let me know what you thought. Let Stacy know what you thought. We'd always love to have your feedback. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.